Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi there. Hi, everyone. Um, this is the Flats and Shanks podcast. This is episode number, and don't know the number, but it's quite a lot. Actually, I saw... Late 40s. Bit like your age. No, I saw how many episodes we've done because it said on the other day I went on my podcast app and it said it's like two hundred episodes or something. I think we passed two hundred episodes last week. We've done more uh, this oh. year because of COVID. Because of oh Curtis Rona, the London Irish Centre, C Rona. Oh mate, I hate it when people call it Rona. Grow yeah, up. but he's called C Rona Corona. <laughs> Scored the first try at London Irish's new home at Brentford, where Did I was he? yesterday. Oh, anyway. Insight. <clears throat> anyway, hiya. Hiya, Tommy. How are you? Hiya, Davey. Yeah, I'm okay, mate. I'm okay. I'm good. A little bit tired. Worked quite hard this weekend, but working is good. I like work. I didn't like it last year. I love work this year. Um, so I'm going to say something now, Tommy, and you're not going to like the beginning of it, but you're going to like the end of it. All right, so don't get all uppity and all like real shanks, as I like to call you, mm. away from the cameras and the mics about it um, until I finished. All right. Well, hold on, mate. You better hope your pass doesn't catch up with you before you start to go at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've all been there. Um, I uh, someone said on Twitter. Someone said on Twitter the commentary on the Pro 14 is rubbish, and I was like, oh no, because oh, no. Tommy was doing that, and then someone else replied, yeah, to be. F- I agree, whatever, but um, great to see uh, Shanks was really good, really open and unbiased. And then someone, the person who said it was rubbish, said, yes, I agree with that. Oh. And as we know, the opinions of people that we don't know on social media and will never meet are as important as the opinions of our employers. I only focus on the good ones anyway. What's the point of, (laughs) you know, I don't want positive feedback. Yeah, it's like, have you got um, any feedback? Yeah, the couple of bits, actually. Let, let me stop you there. Um, it, it, I don't want to hear hard, It's a hard balance, Flatso, on uh, the Pro 14 at the moment, because the I've tiered, I've tiered the Pro 14. Life is tiered these days. 
So why yeah. not tier rugby? So yeah. tier one, I've got Leinster and Ulster. Unbeaten. Yeah. Loads of points, loads of tries. Munster are also unbeaten, but don't have the same amount of points difference and tries. So I've put Munster in level two. Okay. Or tier two. Every other team in the Pro 14 slash 12 is tier three. High alert, high risk. Um, and it's hard. I find it hard sometimes because you want to be positive, but at the moment there is a big lack of quality, should we say. Basic errors. Basic errors at set mm. piece. And I know you get that internationally as well, but just not seeing the quality. Now, it's different in Ireland because I think the Irish shut-up is far better. You know, Leinster... Um, plough lots of money into Leinster schools, into the academy, and those players then that come through the Leinster um, system are often distributed then to the other Irish provinces. Um, So they gain benefit all over Ireland from that. Um, We don't have that in Wales. So when we lose internationals, and in Scotland, I'd say as well, when we lose those internationals, the standard isn't there. When they all come back, you you see much better games. And I know you could say that all over, you know, in terms of all leagues, but I think it's hammering Pro 14 at the moment. So, Equally, you, a lot of it is the approach of a coach. That it rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> the approach of a coach and his birthday brooch. Um, but it is the approach. And, you know, the, the coaching that the Leinster players receive, you know, it, it, some things change a lot. Um, some things haven't changed at all. I played against Leinster a few, well, a few years ago now and they hammered us at the Aviva and then they beat us at the wreck as well. And they, they, everyone went on about they get more rest and they're fresher. Well, yeah, that, that, that was true. But also the way they prepared to play the game yep. was so hard to live with. Equally, had we been a better defensive team, they could really have come a cropper, but they absolutely went for it and, and, it's not and always smashed coaching, everyone to bits. It's not always coaching top level either. It's not you know like Leo Cullen or Joe Schmidt, whoever's been there. Michael Checker, but it's coaching from 12, 13, 14 year olds upwards, teaching them the right things. It's a bit like everyone used to, everyone used to talk about Toulouse when they were Kings of Europe. And it's Mm. a bit like, you know, they used to say, if you go and watch, you know, the Academy and Emil Lintemak is the coach and they play exactly like the first team. And then it's funny because it talked about this system and they always have, they like to have ex players involved at every level to keep the Toulouse game going. And then, you speak to a couple of lads that actually go and sign for Toulouse and they're like, mate, there is no game plan at all. It's just play, have a good crack, play. Jouet, um, make sure you make sure you drink a lot during the week. Make sure you eat loads before the game. Mm. Um, as much pasta as possible. And there is no plan whatsoever. I remember playing against them and trying to analyse them and it was like, yeah. they'd stand up and the front five literally did not know where they were going when they stood up. They would all, st- they would all stand up and look around to see where the ball had gone. And yet they were brilliant. And then they fell apart, didn't they, for a few years when, when everyone kind of got professional and overtook them. Mm. Um, but it is, it's, a, it's, a, it's an approach to the game. And there's a lot of people talking about this at the moment. And I can, it, you know, we, you and I, as, as you know, Tom, you were there. We commentated on Wales-England at the weekend. And on the one hand, you don't want to pretend it's the best game, a brilliant game when it's not. On the other hand, it's okay for me because I quite enjoy the tight stuff I'd much rather yep. commentate on a sunny afternoon when it's 35 34 to whoever I'd much rather I'd much rather commentate on a game with fewer scrums in it despite what people might assume but I quite enjoy both sides of it but I can zoom out and say some of this is pretty uninspiring mm. well I 
read an interesting fact yesterday uh, in terms of league rugby at the moment. Now, the UK government has given, or the English government have given the RFU around £130 million towards yeah. rugby. Um, similarly with the Irish, they've received £80 million. Wales, we've had no help at the moment from the Welsh government. We've taken out a £20 million loan, the WRU have, that has been distributed to the regions. So the regions have got £5 million each, but it's a loan. It's a loan that you have to pay back. And at the moment, it's okay because you know they're able to pay bills, they're able to pay players, wages, um, running of the clubs. But it's going to be the knock-on effect you know, in years to come when you've got to pay back this loan. Mm. Um, it's going to be trying to plan for next year. You know, trying to work out what your budgets are going to be. So we've been hit hard. Um, you know, it's Scotland. You've got to think of Scotland. They've got two professional teams. So when there's mm. a Scottish international on, you know that it's not they're not losing players from twelve different teams or four different regions or four different provinces. It's just two. They yeah. get hit hard. Um, but actually, Glasgow are pretty good yesterday. Both teams. Yeah, they were actually, yeah, yeah, I saw some highlights, really good. Uh, both teams struggling a little bit. Glasgow only won from six, I think, or one from five. One from six games they've won. Um, but it doesn't help when you play Leinster, Ulster and Munster back-to-back. Back-to-back-to-back. I often back think about Glasgow. They're a bit like Saint Northampton Saints at the moment in that they have got a brilliant A game, a brilliant plan A, but they haven't quite got... I said on TV yesterday, the backbone, and that, that makes it about Northampton. That makes it sound like I'm talking about courage, and I don't mean that. I mean mm. the backbone or the spine of fundamentals that yep. you actually need to rely on when plan A doesn't work. Like, Chiefs obviously have got it in spades, but it's it's just how, how you know, consistently can you win clean set-piece ball and defend well and chase kicks well? And it is boring, but... These days, whether people like it or not, and quite a lot at the moment, they don't. If you don't have them, you ain't winning. Mm. And you can't win with, you know, every single week with such limited possession. And to be fair, Glasgow, I've had quite a bit of possession, but haven't really been able to do much with it. Blues are just losing massively on possession and territory. Like they were around twenty percent possession and territory against Leinster last wow. week. Around thirty percent territory and thirty-eight percent possession yesterday so yeah for the odd game you know you can win with low percentage possession oh england did it against ireland um but they were very good and very um structured in their defense so they're actually quite happy without it but in terms of being able to sustain a lot of pressure on other teams relentless pressure you just can't do it you know the the blues yesterday if they don't score within one to three phases no chance you know they'll lose mm. the ball they'll mess up they'll get isolated whilst you think some of the the greater teams in the northern hemisphere quite happy to go through 10 12 phases you know back themselves skill level is better don't lose the ball and you can just put huge amounts of pressure on teams then um, yeah i kind of look so. at i look at players at the moment in say you know the wales team like lewis Rees samit or yep. liam williams when he's fit or look in the England team at players like Henry Slade or, you know, um, Rory McConaughey and Ollie Thorley, like these brilliant wingers who aren't playing. Instead, you've got a 13 on the wing in Jonathan Joseph, who is an excellent, excellent rugby player. Um, but, you know, there, there are some pretty terrifying attacking players not in the squad, not in the team. And there are a mm. couple in there. But you, it's almost like 
I was watching Henry Slade at the weekend and thinking about that. Well, and thinking know. a lot, yeah, I do a lot. I'd love but to it's be, almost like I'd having love to look a like him. Yeah. Oh God, imagine yeah. it. It's just just perfect. I'd isn't be an it? actor. Yeah. yeah. It, I don't know what I'd be. I'd probably I'd be retired. Well, so I, wouldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't be in the house much. Um, but yeah, it, it, they're almost like having a. It's almost like living in Iceland or living in Switzerland where you're not allowed to speed, and having a Ferrari in the garage. And it's almost like we. Well, it's nice to have, and very, very occasionally the weather might be right. There might be the odd opportunity where they relax laws or whatever it is, or there's no one on the roads because it's Christmas Day or something, and guess what? It's sunny, and you can go and use it. But actually, you're better off having a diesel grafter that you use. That, that's what you're actually getting more use out of. And I, I sort of think there are probably... There's almost, you know, it's almost like you're better off with England having a Brad Barrett-type figure at 13 at the moment because Henry Slade will make the odd mistake because he tries things. He will also do brilliant things, but Brad Barrett might not try the exceptional, the flamboyant, but he won't make any mistakes. And I know Brad isn't an option, but yeah. I'm just using his name to emphasise my point. And it's almost like if you're going to play this way, mm. you, you make you make your most threatening players in, a, in attacking terms luxury players. And I think that's a real shame. I really do. And... The thing is, it's just the blueprint that that South Africa set in the World Cup final, mm. isn't it? And it's like when Sarri's just started doing, basically, they won everything for a while on kick chase, basically, a kick chase and defence. And they were dull to watch, but brutally effective. Loads of other teams started trying to do it. Bath started trying to do it. Gary Gold had Bath kicking everything and running nothing. And it's like, it's just, by the, by the time they, they never got good at it, but by the time they would have got good at it, Sarri's had moved on and had lay, added layers to their game. And you think... It's a, just a. It's a bit unambitious at the moment. It Why feels was like. the uh, analogy of Switzerland used for speeding? Because you can't. They don't. They don't let you speed in Switzerland. Ah, oh, but they let you speed here, do they? Yeah, they. Yeah. Uh, no, the, the speed. No, they don't let you go fast. They, you can go much faster here than you can there. I think I'm right. I think the speed limits are really low. Oh, okay. Um, someone told Didn't me once know. that the speed limit in America is 55 miles an hour. I was like, it can't be. No. You can't do 55 on the freeway. No, I've watched Bad Boys and they're not going 55 miles an hour. No, but they work, They operate outside the law, don't they? Um, are you... What you're saying is, so I, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, I don't want to, but... I know you don't. You just... You sometimes get worried that the natural skill and talent of players is going to be coached out of them and they'll just become kick-chase, low-risk players that, you know, actually when they want to... Exp- um, show off their, their skill set they're not going to do it because they want to play low risk rugby you saw that mm. I mean we'll, we'll just crack straight into it mate you saw that in the um, in the England game and I think Wales were actually um, lucky that England didn't really want to overplay much uh, mm. you know it's it's easy to, to see why Wales didn't want to play too much you know they're a team that's struggling um, you know they're a team that was, is trying to find a way to compete, you know, so they're not going to try anything out of the ordinary because they're low on confidence. They're going back to sort of basic rugby of low risk rugby of putting it up in the air, you know, trying to put pressure on teams. The problem is England do that as well and are better at it. But when we look at the game, you know, I was quite happy with the way that England were, were treating this game and it just enabled Wales just, it didn't really ask Wales too many questions, which was good. I, I thought, you know, if England really wanted to to try and put Wales to bed, they would have kept the ball in hand a lot more. You know, they'd go in one to three phases and then kicking. 
And actually, when George Ford and Jonathan Joseph got into those wider channels and, and Johnny May, they actually looked really dangerous. Yeah, it's it's about it's like the it's like the five languages of love. It's like there are different languages of confrontation, aren't there? I remember um, <clears throat> preparing like for this super intense physical battle against Leicester at Welford Road when they had all their stars and whatever and it was like right first kick off and it was like first thing we do is this and flats Darren Garforth lifts with his back to you and last time you did that he, he cheap shotted you in the back um, and it hurt your, it gave me a back spasm and he just as soon as I lifted both as it was he just cheap shotted me right in the back it fair, yeah. fair dues to him and I said right that was all we were thinking about was nail him in the back you nail him you nail him we're going to kick off and we're going to, you know, we're going to pile in and it's going to be a brawl or whatever there's going to be. And we were like absolutely fired up as you like for it, running out of Welford Road, ready for a fight against Darren Garforth, who was definitely going to fill me in. Mm-hmm. So you're like, it's like, you know, it's a fight you can't win that. He's a breeze block with eyes. So we, we kick off and they catch the, basically catch it. The kick goes a few metres deeper than we wanted it to. They spin it to Jordan Murphy. He spins it wide. And they beat us on the outside. We're running back 40 metres. They spread it to the other touchline. And then Dave Lockheed, or whoever it was on the wing, skins us again. Mm. And you're like, this is not what we were expecting. And it's like, it, it is a misconception that playing really, really, well, it is high risk, but really um, attacking rugby is not as confrontational as mauling and scrummaging and dominating breakdowns. It is terrifying for the big lumps that we see running around. It's terrifying for them. With guys like Lewis Reese Samit are way scarier than Samson Lee on a rugby field. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know. Massively. And, and you think with with Ford, with Farrell, with Slade, three classy operators there, three skillful operators, three creative blokes, right? And then you chuck in Daly, Johnny Mage, John the Joseph. We, you just want to see... You want to see those guys attack, as you do um, Josh Adams, Lewis Rizambe. I mean, it was it was a boring game. Um, it was such a low-risk game. Neither team really wanted to um, expand and and play differently. You know, they just they just wanted to put pressure on on, um, on kick chase and low risk. And I hope rugby changes slightly once we get crowds back and we see a little bit more excitement. I think that does still have a massive factor on the game. Um, yeah, but also you, sorry, I was I was more worried about England physically outdoing Wales like massively. You know, especially after Ireland, because Ireland did it to Wales and then England, you know, did it to Ireland. So I was worried, but I was actually really pleased with the attitude a lot of the the Welsh team showed. Well, nearly all the Welsh team, you know, the attitude there. They try to match England physically. Um, James Botham, I thought, showed well, you know, considering that's his second cap. Um, Faletau, work rate was again huge. Johnny Williams looks good at 12. You know, I'd like to see a little bit more than him. And for, for large periods of that game, Wales were uh, able to put a bit of pressure on England. It was only really penalty count. You know, scrum time wasn't kind for Wales. Um, and you look at a couple of instances in the game, Dan Bigger getting tackled in the air. Agreed, right? It wasn't a massive tackle. It wasn't like he was completely taken out in the air, but he was tackled in the air. And that, yeah, clearly. That played a factor to him losing the ball in contact uh, and eventually England score from that but I think as much as England were good I think we in, in Wales have to take some positives out of that and anyway we got Italy at the weekend we beat them Everything's yeah fine beat them then you're done aren't you back on a winning run again but the, the the refereeing stuff is is such an interesting conversation because there are 
so many of the people who would have complained about Roman Poitz couple of those decisions things like breakdown and scrum are just always there's always going to be people that think those decisions those things i think he got a few things wrong he's a very very good ref he got a few things wrong um but i think the main thing he got wrong led to henry slade's try um which obviously had a a huge impact on the game but what what a, a lot of the people who are bemoaning that decision being incorrect I think there's a good chance that a lot of those people will be the same people that bemoan the over-involvement of the TMO and say that refs should just make decisions. The reality is, incorrect decisions or decisions on which, which are not black and white, on which people can disagree, are as fundamental to rugby union as the scrum, the line-out, the tackle, the try. They're as fundamental. You absolutely need conversations about decisions. And because if, it, if we want to go down the route of we want consistency. I've said this a million times. You cannot have consistency from a human being. You cannot because it is imperfect. Imagine trying to be consistent, never make a mistake at a breakdown. Impossible. So you're not going to get consistency to to the to the point where it will satisfy everyone. It's subjective, home. isn't it? You know, everyone looks yeah. at it differently. It's like a piece of art. You know, when I look at the Mona Lisa, I see a fairly attractive woman. You don't. You say you see a man. So <laughs> exactly. So I think that that. But unless we want to completely automate every decision in rugby union, not stop complaining, definitely complain, complain loudly, but make sure you realise that the complaints and the conversations and the debates are part of the fun. Mm. That's the point. So don't castigate referees for, you know, for not going to the TMO for every single decision, or they will. So be careful what you wish okay, for. Okay, yeah, that's fine. But when a TMO is in your ear, like Roman, it was into a Roman Pratt's ear, surely you have to take... A little bit of notice. I I agree. As we said on air, it's funny. I got um, we we often to, say this. I can't wait to sp- laugh. Hey, I can't wait to laugh. No, not funny. Ha ha. Oh. Funny. Weird. Oh, weird. Funny, um, yeah. no, we often talk about um. So if that had been like a brilliant game, because mm. you and I were commentating, it's almost like, and we'd had loads. We had, we both enjoyed ourselves. I think, but you finish that, and you're like, yeah, you know, it's not like it's a hard job. We're not tarmacking the M4 at three in the morning, but it's like it can be quite difficult to make a game like that seem fun um and to not fun to it can be quite difficult to make something interesting but you want to get excited as a commentator commentating on it and there wasn't that many exciting moments in the game yet you know you can look at the foot race of, of johnny williams you can look at the henry slay try the mackerel polar try there were a couple of instances where the game came alight but not for large periods not like watching a tri nations game no, no, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right, and it it's difficult. It's not. People have to take this as it's meant. It's difficult to commentate on a game like that. It's not as hard as having a real job, but it's harder than if it were a brilliant game. That's my point. But that's where you that's where you earn your dough, basically. But we we really enjoyed it. But the social media thing is is such an interesting pull. And anyone who's seen the social dilemma, it's so interesting because I said, oh, you looked at Twitter yet? And you were like, no way. Because we knew it wasn't a brilliant game. And what often happens is people look for someone to blame. They'll hammer Roman Poit. They'll hammer Eddie Jones. They'll hammer Wayne Pivak. They'll hammer the commentators because we're all on social media and they can pile in. And I just thought, I thought, do you know what? I Sometimes I think to myself, I just don't want to know. And sometimes I think I'm in quite a good mood. And I think, oh, go on then. I'll have a bit of fun. Yeah. And I, ch- and I went on. And honestly, there was, I mean, obviously some people who say you're crap won't put your name in it. In case you reply to them, which I, which is fine, I don't mind. Yeah, we'll find um, you. We will find you. Yeah, I don't, I don't do that. I certainly don't search for my names. Look at my mentions or whatever. And then I looked on the way to the car, 
and it's like there were loads um, obviously because it's a big game and there was like pretty much no negative at all um, and it's funny because then people were a lot one of the themes of the people's mentions people's comments to us were we like the fact that you are both you were both unbiased and you will talk in exactly the same tone about both teams you're happy to say the referee was wrong flats even though it resulted in an england try and this is normal stuff like all commentators should be doing that and they mainly do so it's that's not we don't need a biscuit for that but then later on there was someone that the usual suspect posted a video of ellis genge um oh, you know, know inverted you commas i know who you mean yeah, did he? Yeah. Was his a headbutt or not? Some say yes, like that sort of stuff. And it, and the defense, the common defense there is, hey, Dan, I'm not saying he did it. it. Dandy Ood. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying he did it. I'm just putting it out there. It's up to people what they think. It's like, yeah, okay, you know, we we all know how inflammatory it is. Anyway, and then one bloke decides to not pile in on me, but he decides to say, yeah, spotted it immediately, and at David Flatman chose to ignore it. I was like, okay, I didn't choose to ignore it. I'm not sure. I don't. I've looked at the video, and I think he gets pushed in the back by Luke Karandicki, and there's no headbutt. Do you know what I he, go on. Th- hang on. Then he piled, he goes in again and says, "Any comment yet? Still no comment or whatever from at David Flatman." I'm like, oh my god, who is this guy? So anyway, I thought before I pile in, I'll just actually do. I'll do five or fifteen seconds of research. So I don't know Thomas Francis, who uh, this video definitely suggested that Ellis Genge may have headbutted after a dominant scrub. Don't yep. know him. Never had a proper conversation with him. Said hi to him in Tokyo when I walked past him in a bar. That is it. And so I went on Instagram. I sent him a private message on Instagram and said, hello, Thomas, um, have you seen the video? Did Ellis, Be- Ellis-, Ellis Genge headbutt you? And his reply was something like, uh, if you headbutted me, I certainly don't remember it. So basically there's no headbutt. And he was like, no, basically there's no headbutt there. Yeah. So I just replied and said, no, no, there's no headbutt. And actually, do you really think I'd choose to ignore it? And this guy just went quiet. The next morning I wake up and I've got a DM on Twitter and he's apologising, this long apology, saying, really didn't want to offend you. Sorry about that. Love, I love your Twitter. Follow you on Twitter. Love your comms and all that oh, sort of stuff. Right, kiss us. Lo- love your banter. And I was just like, mate, yeah. you absolute coward. You call me out in public then you wake up after because you've had a couple of beers and you're a big man. You spot something at home on your TV under no pressure whatsoever mm. that we don't spot. That, by the way, didn't happen anyway. There is no headbutt. And you go online like the big man and call me out and then you apologise in public. So I know we don't swear on this pod. So I very gently said to him, "Don't." I said, your apology is not accepted. I sh- I, it's as if I should be grateful to accept the private apology of a public troll. Mm. So I said, you can go and do yourself, mate. It's. I Not actually think it, it's lucky that these little tweets don't affect you, though. So I, I must say, I quite enjoyed it. I was showing Martin Bayfield yesterday, and he was like, he, he looked at me like you shouldn't get so worked up. I was like, oh no, I love it. <laughs> He's like, do you? I was like, yeah, it's great. I love writing that. The best thing was the best thing was saw Goody um, tweet, put a, a photo or a, a little clip of Jamie George in when the top's coming up and the belly's out, and it's, yeah, it was like, yeah, it happens to us all, sort of thing. And then when he tweeted that Ellis Genge, he didn't eat uh, video, he didn't add him into the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, um, I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, that there, there is. He a, loves it though, mate. He loves it. Of course, he does. That's he loves he loves putting anything controversial up. That's his niche. Do you know, honestly, when I go to events. <clears throat> or I go to work on a game and you don't know who's going to be there, you don't quite know who you're working with or sitting with or whatever. If I see Andy Good on the lineup, I am genuinely pleased. 
like I genuinely like being in his company. I've always really enjoyed his company. Stag do's, tours, everything. Yeah. Um, so I, <laughs> I do think there are, you know... Oh, he I loves it, mate. He loves it. He, he puts something out and you see there's hardly any replies. I think he just puts it out there yeah. and he leaves it for a day. <laughs> sometimes He puts stuff out there sometimes I want to put out there, but I haven't got the guts. Oh, yeah. I, d- I just don't, I don't want to put it out there. I don't want to... Like, I, I don't know. I don't want to... I look at people who, you know, I looked up to as a player in the sort of media world, the broadcasting world and whatever, and a lot of them are still doing it. And people say it's a short career. Well, if you're good, it's not usually, um, or it's not often. But, you know, I just think, would he put that out? Would he say that? Would he say that? And the more I, th- if, the more I think no, I think we'll actually just have a bit of decorum, David, is what I think to myself. And then now and again, I tell someone to go and fuck themselves. Yeah. Like our kid <laughs> yesterday who's shat, who's, who's shat himself. And he's like, I just, the emotions get the better of me. I said, that's a classic troll response, mate. You're a coward and yeah. you won't apologise in public. Yeah. Loser. Yeah, he should have put it, he should have put it up for everyone <laughs> to see. But you know when someone calls you out and you know they're wrong and you know you're right straight away? Yeah. It feels great. It's like when your mate gets told off and not you at and school. You could, just see, you could see by the reaction of all the other players, really. There was, no one was complaining. No one was asking for... Roman Poit to have a look at the TMO and yeah. it, it just broke up and everyone got back on with it so you know I remember the boy um, going to a disciplinary in London man. for a went to a disciplinary for a um, dangerous tackle gouge I thought you were gonna no, say. no 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 dangerous tackle against Barry Everett playing against London Irish and um, we're in the thing in the disciplinary hearing and they basically said do you want to say anything and I just said look I don't know obviously I oh. always want to say something don't I bet you do I said this I said it's an interesting one guys it's a funny one um, Did you put a mic out your pocket? Yeah. I said, so anyway, it's uh, 2000. I'm in South Africa, right? And uh, I'm accused of kidnap. Anyway, define kidnap. So anyway, I, um, I started, and I just, I don't know if context means anything here, but there were three significant fights in this game with lots of punches exchanged. And, you know, I was there and I had this big sort of split on my eye and a split on my ear. And I was like, these were from, these were from punches in that fight that happened here because it was in to give me a little knock in the morning just to make a little bit yeah exactly better. I pulled yeah. them apart well, yeah, take the scabs the s- off yeah exactly um, you eat them though don't you scabs of course you do well, food's food isn't it so um, I said look it's kicked off and they basically the, the prosecution as it were were almost like this is reckless and violent and I just said it's not what it is is I'm tired I'm a bit lazy with my technique and I'm just flapping to try and get him. And he's so little, Barry Everett, that I've caught him on the chin mm. and I've just decked him. It's like a right hook, but I've hit him with my wrist, my forearm sort of thing. And his legs have gone up in the air. And I said, mate, I got punched twice in that game for less than that. And no one around, everyone around us at that point, are the people that were involved in the fights. Tonga, the big prop, whatever. They are the people who were involved and no one kicks off. No one. And I was like, so if it was that reckless at the time, if it was that violent, somebody would have chinned me for it. Yep. And they were like, that's a good point. And I got, I, let, I got let off completely, played that weekend, did my shoulder, oh. that for 10 months. David Flatman talking himself out of it again. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. A little bit disappointing um, is this week's games now. England are playing France. France have got a depleted squad because yep. um, the French Rugby Union could not agree on players playing more than three games. So all of the quality players they've got aren't allowed. So they played them in the um, Wales friendly game. So they, obviously they didn't play against Italy, but you know your DuPonts, your players like that, they were all played in the France v Wales friendly. So they're not allowed to play this weekend. So it's a proper inexperienced squad, which is a shame because England will probably go full strength. And it's quite excited to see that, you know, two of the best teams in the Northern Hemisphere going at it head to head. Uh, I thought it would have been a, a really good game, but I think it's just tarnished it a little bit. You know, Fran- they will have They'll have Racker on the wing and they'll have Makalu in the back row, hopefully. And those two are freaks. Very good. Very freaks. good. Freaks. I love them. At the weekend. Um, Makalu's so good. Yeah. Boy. They have got some really good quality players coming through. Um, who is it that played? Uh, Jonathan Dante. Yeah, he's a he's a mute. See the try well. he scored? Yeah, he's a mute. Just could not. He's a strong stop bloke. Him. Yeah, really no. strong bloke. And he's a bit like uh, Lao Mappe, isn't he? Yes. Yes. Mm. Um, just like I bought a bundle of power and it's like huge and he, he achieves top power quite quickly yeah who's the left wing um, Villiers is Villiers. it Villiers yeah I mean yeah. when he plays for Toulon it just looks like um, Kobe doesn't he yeah you know very similar but flew through for his try how quick does he look unbelievable yeah. love it yeah and he's got se- he's got seven to pass doesn't he and do you see Teddy Thomas just cruising you know he just Backed off a tackle, stood there, waited for someone to try and tackle him, skipped out and went on for another 20 metres. I love him. Yeah. Um, it's funny, whenever you've got... Oh, it's funny, isn't it? You hate... Um, whenever you someone who has played sevens scores a try at, at top le- pro level in 15s, loads of people who've played sevens come through and say, see... Sevens players can play 15s. <laughs> yeah. they, all, they all pile oh, in, yeah. don't they? yeah. That's what taught me to step. Just sevens, yeah. I only, only got good playing sevens. Mind yeah, you, I, mean. I, you know, I have been the guy before who has said that I think sevens can teach players bad habits when it comes to fifteens. And mm. you know, I once I Ben Ryan, who I get on very well with, so I, I think from memory he said, "Well, what are they then? What are these habits?" And I listed a few on on Twitter, yeah. and he was, I think he was kind of like, mm, "I don't agree." Well, I do, and then someone else. I think Stuart Barnes said, I agree as well. I was like, right, 2-1, Ryan. It, it, uh, I think they get better at rucking. It teaches them 
I think, better skills in the contact area because there's loads of contacts in sevens. You've got to be really sharp. Mm. Um, go over the ball. A lot of ceiling that goes on. There's a player, Robbie Ferguson, played for Glasgow yesterday. He's hardly played any 15s. I think, you know, a couple of weeks ago, he was just chucked straight in, hadn't played 15s for four years. Something ridiculous like that. It might not have been four years, but just fit straight back in, played really well. Um, we had a guy called Tim Brasher um, at Bath years ago who was a rugby league, Aussie rugby league legend, but none of us knew he was, that he weren't Aussies. <laughs> and he arrived and I was like, 15s, you're mad, mad, I haven't played 15, man, like ever. It's like, so you're a winger, yeah, mate, but I've lost my gas, like I'm not quick anymore. It's like, okay, mm. so what are you going to do? He's like, mate, I don't know, but basically, because I was good at league, I've got a deal. Um, I lo- he goes, I love the piss. And I don't mind colliding. That's what he said. That was it. He played loads of games for was us. He, he was great. He was good. He, he lad lost his pace. He was just nails. Like, yeah. And it's really, it's really handy having someone who's nails in a position where lots of people in those days weren't nails. But you get, you do get some really good sevens players, and when they do come into fifteens, it doesn't quite work for them like they think because there's just not the space. You know, you've got to try yeah. and create space and. Uh, differently to sevens, sevens is so expansive. There's so much room. You know, you use footwork, you use pace. All you got to do is is check a defender, um, and you can get around the outside of him. You can't necessarily do that all the time in fifteen. No, so and the ball can't do as much work in fifteen no, either. And you and have to be a bit more powerful this day and age to play fifteens. Not all the time, but most of the time but you do. If you, you think about like the greatest of all time, Wasali Serevi, it's mm. like a lot of what he did was get the ball and effectively stop moving and yeah. speculate and beat someone and you can't stop moving in union and also you beat, what, you beat one person half, seven, for example, so it's core score. skills yeah exactly yeah um, and, and, and it's and it's yeah exactly and it's core skills isn't it so if you've got it's you know I used, I've said it a million times as well I'm sure that you you know you these guys who play for Fiji you got the absolute athletes, amazing runners, handlers, offloaders, mm. and they're six four, six five, six six. You're like, put them in the second row. It's like, no, no, it's not as simple as that because you need a grinding amount of power and strength to be a second row. And you need to scrum, ruck, yep. line out. It's just so much more. It's a lot like when Sam Burgess came over. I know it's not sevens, it's league again, but it's like this is what he does in what he does is smash it up and smash people in league. Okay. Well, he's not going to quite do that because everyone's bigger, a lot of people, much bigger people in union. And it's kind of a giant big man's game. And then all these core skills, it's like, oh, my God, this is going to take years to learn this. And he went back, you know. Yeah. yeah. Which you compete, it's, it's good for your pass as well, sevens, I think. You know, teachers, players be able to pass comfortably 20, 30 metres yeah. off left and right. A massive part of the game. But look, it is good. You, you can learn a lot from sevens that you can bring to the 15s. But... It's a difficult move, and not many well, are able to do it. What we're saying is that Rob, Rob Rickerman's got a chip on his shoulder. That's all we're saying. Oh, massively. Massively. And I think he highlights his hair. Wondered about that. Yeah. You see, Ben Ryan like has got a chip Cornell. on his shoulder. Ben Ryan hasn't got a chip on his shoulder. He's just a, he's just a great bloke. Mm. He, is, he is ginger and really tanned. Yeah. yeah. That, is, that is a set-up, a, set a colouring setup. He's, a, da- he's like. a day walker. So he's, yeah. he's ginger, and he's able to... You know, go out in the day. I'm a night walker. I'm yeah similar, but I can go out at night because I've I've always burned think, in I the think, rain. I always think Ben Ryan's colouring is lovely. Like it's a really cool setup. That I like that better than mine, which is mm, just not. I'm looking yeah, at but you only need now, five minutes great. of sun, and that's true. Mm. That's Sti- true. We stitched up myself and Dylan Hartley, didn't we? The weekend. Yeah, I only saw Dylan's. Um, yeah, mm. after you text me, and yeah, 
someone put but, someone put on Instagram. Um, I mean, I, I didn't see it straight away, but I do now. Willie Thorne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to think of one, and I thought uh, there's none that's good enough. That Willie is brilliant. Thorne. Yeah, it's so good. So good. I tell you what, with that with the makeup thing on, with the cloak on. Mm. Tied tightly around my neck. You're exposed, got, mate. You are exposed. I've got a then. head like a cow, mate. A massive fat head. You could cook it and make graunch out of it. Well, you were born out of it. Sorry, <laughs> you were debating whether to wear a roll neck or not. Right, that's what you would look like in a roll neck. Oh my eh? god, so true. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, how nice is it getting a Nando's as well for the game? How good? Oh, every, how good? Every time I've turned up to do. Uh, rugby this year there's been no food available I've had to survive off petrol station sandwiches yep to get to Parker Scarlet's and to be offered a Nando's by Naomi I was like wow thank or you or KFC or Mackey D's or yep. what was the other one like Frank and Benny's or something whatever yep. it is I can't remember what it was yeah I nearly went KFC but I said we got to go I don't want to be judged <laughs> yeah but you're a rugby player so you've got to have Nando's haven't you yeah black card Jill Douglas Jill Douglas a vegetarian which always surprises me because she's such a good time girl. Um, she's a veggie, so she had like the veggie pit or whatever it was. Yep. Over the moon with it, she was, Tommy. Over yep. the moon. Yep. Told her. I said, get one of them. Jillo, get one of them down your neck. Jim, I call her. I love Jim. Um, Ireland played Georgia, 23-10. Uh, did you watch it? Yeah. Can we? Uh, I was going to say no. I can, we do this say thi- no. can we do this thing where we don't really analyse every game because nah. some of them were really I'm, dull I'm and that was one of them all Ireland looked lifeless to me all I'm going to say was Jacob Stockdale looked decent at 15 um, actually was really good distributor passing and yep. here's a word for you relative velocity knew it knew you were going to do this knew it so his, on, his ball over the top to McCluskey for the McCluskey's disallowed try um, it was deemed to be forward, but there's a rugby from a uh, video from a few years ago that shows why McCluskey's try should have been awarded and its relative velocity. So if you're running flat out and you throw the ball backwards over your head, if you look at where the ball's thrown to where it ends up, it's going to have travelled forward. If that makes sense. Um, yeah, you throw the ball backwards. Part of being a physics teacher is knowing about physics. Mm. The other part of being a physics teacher is knowing how to explain physics. So carry on. Okay, so was that a good enough analogy for you? So if you're running forward, the ball will be travelling forward. But you've got to look at where the hands end up because that ball has gone forward, but it's kind of its hands going backwards. So therefore, it should have been a try. Relative Momentum carries the ball velocity. forward, not the pass. Eight legs, six legs. Eight legs, six legs. There we are. Yeah, I mean, I think... What I think is this. You have probably explained it to a point that most people listening understand it, and that's yep. all we can really hope for, isn't it? I mean, I don't want to get too detailed, you know, because... No. I'll stop talking don't about go the top physics. Three. I mean, yeah. Watch Interstellar, guys, all right? That explains it all. By the way, I think Georgia have really come on. I don't think yeah. they offer much in attack, but I... I to say they hang in there is I was underdoing them. I what think. What about the try? Really good defensively. What about the try? Oh, what a try! Oh, uh, can you say his name? I can't. Thirteen. What about his hit on CJ Stander in the last yep. few minutes? Oh my god! Brilliant try! Absolutely nailed it. Do you know what's really disappointing about this Autumn Nations Cup? Two things: one, that Fiji aren't playing. I'm not sure if they're going to be 
um, allowed to play for the last weekend. They'll finish bottom, which means they so. will play Georgia. But uh, if Fiji had been fit and no cases and played, you would think they wouldn't have finished bottom in that league. So you would have seen Italy v Georgia. And I know you're playing this bottom teams out of both pools, but what a game that would have been as well. You know, yeah. Italy struggling really to to stay in the Six Nations. Georgia really wanting to join. It would have been like a playoff. You know, which, on then. which on team then. deserves the space? Neutral venue, no atmosphere because of no fans. Yep. Let's have it. But no, I have really been impressed with Georgia. No one's really absolutely hammered them. I know England put four, uh, 40 points on them, but that was a pretty much full-strength England team. Um, Wales weren't able to do it. Ireland weren't able to do it. I think they've come out of this really well. Yeah, I would almost like to see... Um uh, oh god, I've completely forgotten the assistant coach Tony Brown. I'd almost like to see Tony Brown sort of run Georgia's attack for a couple of seasons. I'd love to see it, um, you know, some some attacking sophistication develop there because a brilliant try that he scored. But yeah. really, that's a brilliant individual try. What I'd like to see is them threatening tier one or stretching tier one defenses over you know three to eight, three to ten phases a few times in a game. That's what I'd like instead of just sending massive units into professional defenders because that isn't enough. But I really think they have improved in three weeks. And it's, It was a good Irish team, Flat, as well. I know they haven't played yeah. together. It's, it's a mix and match team. But, you know, Stander, Murray, Keith Earls, McCluskey. James Ryan. Yeah. Uh, Tag Byrne, Ian Henderson, Porter. Yep. You know, that's... Proper team, that. Yeah, proper team. And uh, to only lose by 13 points. Boy, um, Ireland yeah. looked terror. They did look terror. They did. Um, Terra boy. Terrapins. They didn't look good and they're just in a bad spot and I, I wonder what it is that reignites them. I think they're they don't look yeah, you know, I they just didn't look um cohesive, did they? They never looked like no. they very rarely looked like they were gonna put together a pattern of play that was gonna leave Georgia helpless. But it looks like a team that's never played together, which they haven't really, so you've got to take that into account. You know, there's no set sort of combinations that are tried and tested. It's a it's a mix and match team of quality players. No doubt yeah. about that. You know, I thought Billy Burns showed really well in yeah. instances. Um, so they'll just take the win, move on. Of course they will, fella. They'll um, take the box. I did on. put some questions out there on Twitter for did you? people to ask. Yeah. Um, Let's see that. We've got a few. Roman Poit's performance from Charles T. Dale. We kind of done that, haven't we? But I think, yeah. I think it, it wasn't his best game. It's very, very difficult to referee at test level. Also, no, I, I'm sure referees would all argue they're not influenced by the crowd at all. But I don't know. Maybe it's because it's so silent. The referees feel particularly exposed at the moment, and it adds to the pressure. I don't know, but I, I didn't, I didn't think he had a great game. I think he's a, a, a top, a top operator who didn't have a brilliant day at the weekend. That's about it. I still yeah. think England would have won the game because they never, I never felt like they were going to lose it. But it's just a shame that. England scored a try from a decision that I felt was so inaccurate. Hope you're right, Charles. Anyway, um, big listener of the pod. Uh, what about rubbing of opposition's head when advantage is gained? Mate. Hate that. Mate. Hate it. Should be a penalty, reverse penalty, completely. Um, I'll tell you what happened the other day. <coughs> but then I suppose, gonna... I suppose where do you, where's your cut-off point? You know, if someone's rubbing your head, you know, if you get up from the floor and you tap someone on the on the back or, or anything, you know, is that deemed as a penalty as well? You've got to be a little bit careful. I think 
it's it's down to the referee to decide whether that's antagonistic or not, or whether it's in the laws of the sportsmanship. I remember playing a game at Welford Road again, and I was a Castro Giovanni was playing. And in the first half, we had a, a tactic where we'd put the ball into the scrum and we would leave it in the scrum and we would try and not go for penalties necessarily, but just try and make them really, really work, which is what the great Leicester teams always did to you. Make them really, really work and take them on. You know, so there were some quite even scrums and there were some scrums where we gave Castro a really hard time in that first half up, up there. And it was, things were going pretty well. And then the start of the second half, he came out at a really big scrum and basically bashed into me, got me on a nice angle, nothing too illegal, but I just, I got it wrong, went down, conceded the penalty, and he stood up and like smacked me on top of the head and said, yeah. vamos, he was saying, vamos, like, come on, sort of thing, and I'm lying on the floor, so there's nothing you can do about that, and I was like, you absolute silly Billy. Tool. So I said, right, what do you do next? We had two or three more scrums, we absolutely wiped him out, like completely wiped him out, went through him on the inside and he got subbed off and Coley came on and was awesome. But it's like, so in the end probably did ourselves no favours there, but it's like, that's the only way you can really respond now. Whereas years ago, somebody was gobbing off, you know, it was like, well, someone, you're going to get smacked, Tony Copsey or someone, or Jono or Gruy or something, someone's going to smack you, you know. So it's kind of, now you're free to say what you want. At the weekend, on that, Tommy... I was, again, we don't want to run through all the games because people largely know the scores, but I was at London Irish yesterday for their first game at the new stadium, which is a wicked stadium. It's really, really good. I reckon if it's full or nearly full, it could be the best stadium in the Prem. It's that good. It's really, 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 really like steep. The stands yep. are tight. It's excellent. Um, and they beat Leicester. And Irish at points look like a really a real team, really good team. When their front row went off, they didn't look quite the same after they'd gone off because their front their starting front row is Alan Dell, Agustin Creevy, and Sakopi Kepu. Like yeah. that is proper job, really good. Anyway, um, I, one there at one point because you can hear everything on the field. We're sitting by the touchline and there's no one there. Um, at one point, one of the players was shouting, "Transition, boys! Come on, transition, transition!" And I was like, "I honestly don't know what that means." I think it's the transition between... Is it the transition between having the ball and then not having the ball between attack and defence or defence to attack? He was shouting, they scored or something, and before the kickoff came in, he's like, right, for transition, transition. I thought, I wonder what that means. And I thought, or is this person... I won't say his name because it's a bit cruel, but other people would, but he's just shouting this. And I was like, does that mean anything? Or is he just shouting stuff that coaches think it's good for people to shout? Yeah. and posturing a bit and then five minutes later I saw him patting the head of um, who was it I think it was Visa the Tigers number eight who was awesome he was awesome like nailing people for 80 minutes with him without the ball and I saw him ruffle his hair right in front of the ref where the guy can't do anything to respond right now we're getting to it go on and I was just like ah oh, no not having you mate okay not right. having you you're shouting the right stuff then you're ruffling people's hair no 20 years ago, you'd have been knocked out, mate, when I'm glad you can't be knocked out anymore, but you wouldn't get away with that fella. All right, Paul Garrison, hope that answers your question. Flats, can we do the questions a little bit quicker, if possible, because right. there's yeah, quite yeah. a few. Um, right. Curly fries or sweet potato fries? That's from Baggy. I'm going curly. Well, skinny fries are my favourite, but on that choice, I'll go um, sweet potato fries. Did you eat loads of crust? Did you eat the crust of your sandwiches when you were young, or did you leave them? Yeah, of course I did. Look yeah, at me. That's, you got, of course I did. You used to have really curly hair, didn't you? So. Oh, yeah, I did, yeah. Are we going to see any well, more commentary from us two? That's from Craig Shelton. Not sure. Maybe 
maybe Six Nations. I'm doing it next week with Warby, and I tell you now, mate, we will make a brilliant team. So watch out oh, for yeah, that. Yeah, true, actually. Shanks yeah. and Warby. So that's Wales, Italy, is it? That is Wales, Italy. Who's yeah. going to stick up for Italy then? Because you two, are, you two still say we when you're talking about <laughs> Wales. <laughs> who, who are you commentating on? It's not we. They're not your mates. <laughs> who, uh, who are you commentating on? England against France, second team. Um, Sarah Church, Churchy, Churchmeister, last oh, online Churchmeister purchase. Churchmeister General. L- last online purchase. Um, oh, good one. Mm. She, uh, she's gone massively over the top, Churchy, during lockdown number two. She's turned into a slob. She turned into Wayne a slob. Yeah. She can't leave her flat, and she doesn't she can't get, out get up bed, in the morning. Doesn't wash any clothes. She stinks, and she's spending loads of money she hasn't got online. What is your last purchase? Go on online. Um. Ooh. Oh God, it's so boring. I'm trying to think of a better one. Do you want to know mine? Yep, I know mine. Go on then. Uh, I've got a halo. I've got a halo light. You know, one of those ring lights when you're doing online stuff now, just to make. Oh my God, have you? <laughs> It's the last thing you needed, more light. No, the right light is what I need, mate. You know the one Really? Where, you know sometimes when you go to gyms and you know you're actually not in good shape, but you take your top off and because the lighting is really good, you think, actually, boss, I look all right. Boss. Yeah. Yeah. So, go on, oh, what's yours? Okay. Uh, Everyone's doing it now, actually, mate. Jim, Jim does it in a... He's got a... It's meant to be his garage, but it's not. It's just brick wallpaper. And he's got a load of lights there and he looks far better then mm. normal go on yeah okay it's a bit much for me that um i thought it was a um, i can't say what i thought it was because it's a christmas present for someone um and that person listens to this pod but actually i was wrong yep. and actually the last thing i bought online was a couple of days ago which is a book called ghosts by dolly alderton and i bought it because I have, I've got the hardback because my girlfriend was reading it. She finished it. I started reading it, but she can't sleep if I've got the light on next to my bed. So I bought it for my Kindle, and it is brilliant. You've got a wife. I've got a girlfriend. Cash back. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's ten years younger than me. Back of the net. <laughs> yeah, she's not. Um, she's twelve years 15. older than me, which is a shame. Um, so. I uh, yeah, and so I bought the Kindle version, and it is so good. It's so good. You would hate it. Okay, Ollie Parsons was it a tackle in the air? Yes, we think it was. Yep. Um, Helena Sedgwick. What rules could you change to try and stop the game becoming boring? Kicking tennis. What about kicking the ball from your own half and it goes out over their opposing's twenty-two? You get the ball back. You mean the old 50-20, yeah. 40-20, um, Also, I think, I don't know how because I'm not bright enough, but we need to look at somehow changing the, we as uh, a rugby community need to look at changing the um, ruck laws and the breakdown laws because at the moment, it, I think it's just favouring defensive teams far more than attacking teams. Yeah, is is a couple for you. Um for lots of reasons. One day I'll write an article that no one will read on this. Um, but yeah, because they have to pay 20 quid to join and subscribe online. Uh, 24 pounds a, 20 pounds a year, press, mate. mate. We a want year. free press. No, you don't. Why should they work for free? You don't commentate for free. No, but you get it sponsored, mate, like this pod, all right? Um, so the 15 is good, by the way. They've actually got some genuinely good stuff Ross on it. Ross Harris does it as well. Uh, super, do you know what? Superb Sorry. writer. Very good. And Sam Peters, really. But do you know what? It is genuinely worth it to read Graham Simmons' columns. 
I'm Ross Harris. I'm Ross Harris. Yeah, thank you. Excellent. Graham Simmons is has been the most underused writer of words in English rugby for a long time. He is so good and the master at the post match interview as well. He's but and Ross though, because brilliant. You know, he's, Ross is he's, yeah. He's Ross is um, Ross is a good guy and he's he incredibly mentioned kind to me to yesterday animals. that you know he just he wants more people reading it. So just give him a little plug. Sure. Right. But the, the laws thing. <clears throat> You can't stop the clock for scrums. There's lots of reasons for that. The games will never end. The TV broadcasters need to know when the game's going to end. Scheduling. Mm-hmm. Um, also, then it, if you stop the clock, where is the pressure? Where's the pressure to get it going any quicker? I think you defeat yourself. Um, but also, you, you're starting. You're seeing a big game where people are huge and people aren't getting tired, and a lot of people aren't getting tired enough anymore to leave spaces because they're so fit. A lot of power, a lot of endurance. Actually, you're giving more rest to the heaviest people on the field. My solution, very short short version, would be do what do whatever it takes to safely speed up the binding process, the formation process. There is no reason, to my mind, why it should take so long. Um, the next thing is uh, Matt Cairns, the old hooker. Yeah. He texted me and said, tell you what, just ban kicking outside your own 22. It's like, you know what? That is not, I mean... You can't do it because there's ta- brilliant no. tactical kicking to score tries is a is part of the game, crossfield kicks and all that. But that was an interesting one, just how do you reduce the amount of kicking. But one thing I would really consider is um, fewer substitutions, fewer subs on the bench and fewer substitutions allowed in games. Unless there's injuries, but then, you know, what do you class as an injury? You know, you're, you're asking a player. It's like replacing front rows with HIA sometimes. You know, it's... Yes, yeah. we've seen it done. It's... <coughs> Well, there's there's, people, there's people find ways, there, yeah, but, but people will find ways to, to bend law. What about no kicking in between the two forty meters? Yeah, that's or, an interesting one. Or no kicking um, inside the opposition half. That could be. Well, no, no, because you need to for these clever kicks to score. You know, it's, part, it's, a, it's a major. Part no, of the but hold on. In brackets, unless it's a clever kick to score. Yeah, but define it again. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I'm just, it's I'm difficult. Just shooting off the hip here, mate. But one, one of the main, one of the main. Um, stopping the clock will, I, my opinion, for lo- uh, one day I'll explain why just to myself, but it doesn't, that will not accelerate the scrum process. I think if anything, it decelerates it and makes it take longer. What you have to do is get them in quicker because it's boring to watch and because one of the, the fundamentals of rugby is big, tired men leaving space for attacking whippets, uh, good attacking players. That is one of the key fundamentals. And thing is now, watch, you know, watch Kyle Sinclair after 65 minutes or Kean Healy after 65 minutes, they're flying. These boys are flying around. Mm. They're not hanging anymore. No. So they're not as tired as they need to be. So then it's like, well, health and safety, we need a whole front row on the bench. I get that. But, you know, you need these people to be exhausted in order for the opposition to score tries because there's just less and less space. Can we just Hence, talk, can we just talk more about more this? Kicking. We just, we've mentioned it twice now. I, thought you, I honestly yeah. thought you just went over. <laughs> I thought you just went over this. Maybe. Um, Johnny, Maybe Ball, did, yeah. <laughs> Johnny Ball says, uh, I, I agree with you. Um, Johnny Ball says, James Botham, find of the autumn. He's probably Welsh, Johnny Ball, John Ball. Um, I didn't think, he probably didn't get enough praise maybe from us through the game because you, you focus on other areas and it's sometimes difficult to take into account what a young player he is and how inexperienced he is, but he did show well. Um, there was a great tackle on Jonathan Joseph. Very good tackle. On the on the slide, wasn't it? You know, really had to work hard from there. Um, he's been playing well though, John Ball. He's been playing well. Him and Shane Lewis-Hughes both been playing really well for the Blues 
James Bolton had been injured a fair bit as well, so it's only now that we're actually seeing him fit with a run of games. And it's uh, also, but, you know, we, and we've also got loads of sevens, mind as well. You know, yeah, so you, when you he, want to give people praise, but yeah. he also was playing against the best player on the field. And oh, if you're looking at the two sevens, he's a young fella, and it's this isn't. I did think he played well, but he was significant. You know, without unquestionably outplayed by Sam Underhill. Yeah. So what? How much praise can you give someone who's being dominated by their opposite number? I mean, I'm so glad we choose we chose Sam Underhill because it is a bit of a joint decision, really, when we're doing man of the match. I was asking for your advice. I, yeah, you know, Macro Vanapola was really good. I thought he was good yeah. in scrums, good in the carry. But that would have been a fair shout. Uh, but you look at Sam Underhill's stats; it doesn't necessarily point to a man of the match performance. You know, there wasn't a massive amount of tackles, there wasn't a massive amount of carries. But what he did do made a huge, huge dent in the Welsh team. You know, every single action he had was just gigantic well, I, you know we're, we're modern pro. we were always pros Tommy we love stats we, we're into them we study them we've analysed them for years but we also don't rely on them for everything no. stats can add up to nothing and it's nothing. the effect he had on the game which yeah. was completely another level to any other player but we had people I think we might have said it on last week's but we had people, a couple of people on social media saying, well, look at Marrow's stats against Ireland compared with Alan Wynne-Jones' stats in the first game. You're like, yeah, fine. Alan Wynne-Jones had more carries or more tackles or something. Yeah. He had nothing like the impact in a major game that Marrow had against Ireland. And how Ireland. positive like are those it. carries? How aggressive are those tackles? You know, it's... It all and adds there's, up. There's, there are a lot of things that aren't recorded by... on You know, statistically aren't recorded. You know, the mm. energy someone brings, the counter-rucking, the gnaws at the ruck, the gnaws at the line-out... Yes, a clean line-out still is a stat, but how about the number he disrupted? How about the number of mauls he got through and got his arms over? And You could have a seven that makes you know. 25 tackles in a game, or you could have a seven that makes 10 tackles in a game and five of them are turnovers. So Yeah, and it's like there was at one point, you know, Marrow makes a tackle relative. back to his feet and it takes three guys to clear him out. Yes. And it's like, that, that's, that, all that counts is a tackle. That's a passive tackle mm. as a stat, but that is a really important moment because three blokes are having to work really hard to get him out of the way. So, if people who just fire stats at you, it's like, oh, God, mate. I'd, hopefully, you realise there's more to the game than that. Mm. Well, I'm doing comms with Andrew Cotter again. He's back. Oh, he'd be over the moon with that, wouldn't he? Yeah, he will be. You know, God, just to see his smiling face when he walked in to the Heineken Wait, He'll lounge. tell you, as soon as he gets there, he'll tell you how long his journey was. Well, yeah. just a four and a half hours. <laughs> and uh, so, afterwards, just well, I'll tell you a really good one with Cotter. <clears throat> Afterwards, just suggest that you just pop back to the pop back to the media room and have a coffee afterwards, just to debrief. Just say, do you fancy a coffee after the game? I bet you hundred quid he'll do anything not to stay. He'll be in his car, gone. He, I don't think he even looked at me when he said goodbye. There certainly wasn't any. There wasn't certainly he didn't touch me in any way with an elbow or a, a fist on a fist or even just nope. on on the shoulder. It was. Nope. See you later. I'm yep. out of here. He does, he does an impeccable job. Does a brilliant job. Mega prepped. Amazing delivery. Got it all. But he doesn't. He wants to get back on the road and get home. Well, I sort of think and he drove I'm halfway. I'm the same, actually. He sort of drove halfway and camped, I sort of think. And then, uh, you, know, you know what he's like. He, just, he looked like he, he slept the on the floor. Loves the outdoors. He looked like he'd slept on the floor and hadn't eaten since Easter. But that's mm. generally how he looks, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Homeless. Right. Flatso, thanks for that today. Well done. Well done, Kip. Um, we will chat more next week. We actually got a special pod coming up soon. We're just trying to organise it. Or well, I reckon don't tell him. Okay. 
just in case it doesn't happen. Yeah, all right, fine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I've teased you there. No offence, guys. I'm not being all right. Just in case, then we we don't want to over-promise and under-deliver. It's all about CrossFit, all right? So there we are. <laughs> yeah, and the yeah. legends that do it. Um, all right. Cheers all. Well done. Take care. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.